0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Nice to Meet You. This is your host, Simone, and this is a podcast of conversations with friends and strangers where we talk about life and lessons learned along the way. Today, we have with us Whitney, and Whitney, if you can introduce yourself and tell everybody how we met.
1: Hey, everybody. I'm Whitney from WhitneyDanielle.com. We met on the internet, actually, as my mom would say. You're definitely <laughs> one of my internet friends. We were I was actually on Instagram at work hashtag not being productive, but I was productive because I was searching a hashtag. I found the DC podcast, or I think that's the podcast hashtag that I was like trending. I was looking at.
0: And yeah. I use that one all the time. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And you came up. And so I was just kind of reaching out to local podcasters to see what was good. I'm kind of new in the area again. I used to live here and then I left and now I'm back. So yeah, we met, I hit you up and I was like, Hey, we have kind of similar shows. We should definitely be friends. And you were like, yeah, let's talk, (laughs) you know, mingle. And so that's kind of how we met. We met virtually. And then what, like a few weeks later, we met in person in D.C.?
0: Yeah, yeah, in D.C. and then Virginia. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And then in Virginia. Yeah, not too long ago, like a week ago. So,
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. So where are you from?
1: Well, I'm a military brat. So I lived in, I was born in Massachusetts and we lived there for like five minutes. I did. My parents <laughs> kind of grew up there, but I was born and then my dad was stationed at his first like duty station in Alaska. So we moved to Alaska and like in the Air Force and then New York and then down to Texas and then to DC. So I've lived kind of all over the country um, over the years.
0: Okay, cool. So um people don't know about your podcast yet, but it's basically about networking. Do you feel like growing up, like being a military brat, that was like how you got into networking?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, as a military kid, you're, you're a child, right? And as a kid, <laughs> the only thing you care about are your friends and what yeah. you're doing. So for me, um, being on the go, I had to start fresh every five minutes. I mean, I was moving all The time. Even when I lived in one city, I was still sometimes moving within that city to different houses while we waited to get on base, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, I had to go to new schools and meet new people and then like learn the lingo, right? Because I'm going from, mm-hmm. you know, New York, the kids in New York are different than the kids in Texas, and the kids in Texas are different than the kids in DC and in Virginia. It's everyone everywhere is so different. So, you have to learn what what's cool, what's not cool, what the kids are saying, how the kids are dressing, and then fit in immediately. So, mm-hmm. I learned how to read people and how to finesse my way in and out of situations (laughs) um, so that I wasn't alone. Right. So that when my birthday came around, I had people to invite. And so I had people, you know, whose birthday I was going to and just stuff like that.
0: Yeah. I feel that. We have very like opposite lives because I've always lived in PG County and it's been, I've lived in like basically two houses my whole life and now three since I have my own and. Yeah, I couldn't imagine like the struggle of like you know like move, I moved schools once and I was like oh my god I never want to do this again like <laughs> um, it yeah. was middle school so you know
1: <laughs> it's rough middle school is rough but yeah I mean it it was hard and so when I moved to D.C. I actually was supposed to go to a junior high. And so junior high is what, 7th, 8th, and ninth grade. And then you're supposed to hop to high school. But most high schools are 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th grade. Mm-hmm. So I was in like a crisis mode because I was finally at a school where I could essentially finish from start to, to end. Um, over at Alice Deal Junior High School in uh, D.C. But then my parents are like, just kidding, we're going to Virginia. And so they bought a house in Northern wow. Virginia. And I went from being you know, a cool city kid to living out literally on a dairy farm um, <laughs> outside of our window, outside of our kitchen window. We had a dairy farm. It's actually gone now because they've put tons of little subdivisions and homes and developments. But yeah, it was quite traumatic every single time.
0: Oh wow! I'm sorry to hear that.
1: <laughs> but in a good but way. But I'm glad
0: that, like, you know, like it caused you know, like something inside you to, like, you know, get acclimated to people and network in a way that's useful now.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's it's traumatic in the sense that when you're a little kid, everything's a little bit more extra than it is when you're a grown up. Yeah, um,
0: definitely.
1: But you learn, like,
0: those even skills. last month, <laughs>
1: even last month, you learn those skills that I think are necessary as far as just paying attention to your surroundings, paying attention to the people around you, paying attention to who you want to be surrounded by, right? And who you don't and kind of how you want to show up in the world. That's your identity is also really important when you're a kid and it reflects who you hang out with. So, Mm -hmm.
0: yeah. Cool. Um, So what do you find interesting?
1: In general? um, Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I find people interesting. I love travel and um, going out and exploring. I've always had interest in that. I love the arts, pretty much. Most of the arts I like are more like architecture, design, graphic arts, um, stuff that you'd see in a museum, typically a modern museum or just a regular everyday museum. And I'm into cars. That's kind of under the design aspect too, but mm-hmm. yeah, I've been kind of a car girl forever. But yeah, I mean, I find interest in That's actually, you know, a really good segue or connection to networking and being around people is being able to find interest in a lot of things because let me tell you. Finding common interests. Absolutely. (laughs) And you know what? Sometimes this is a big like pro tip here. Sometimes I am actually not interested in some of the things that I pretend to be interested in (laughs) because it makes better conversation. Because when you're meeting people, if, you know, you're out and about, typically, you know, this happens randomly when you're at airports or restaurants and stuff and you're by yourself, people like weird stuff. And if you ask them about it and they're into it, they're going to tell you about it. And the next thing you know, you're like best friends for only you remember or they remember what reason. But it doesn't end up being super important sometimes in the long run so i may like pretend to have an interest in basketball i really don't personally give a shit about basketball or any <laughs> sport for that matter but people love sport. so i try to stay like on top of some of it so that i always kind of have something to talk to people about when i'm kind of on the go so that's you don't have to really try that hard um if you're ever yeah. at a bar and you look up and you see a score and you remember that score or you remember something about something you've seen on the news it really
0: is helpful I feel that because I definitely like um, if I had a dollar for every time that like some random bit of information that a stranger told me had come into like, you know, like handy for another stranger, I would have a lot of dollars. So I definitely feel that like just sitting down and talking to people and like um one thing that my friend actually told me that I told her in college she was like how are you so good at like you know like talking to people at parties and I was like well I just ask them questions like if you ask people questions about themselves they want to answer them they love talking about themselves and that's how you like basically start a friendship it starts with questions and then vulnerability and then a friendship
1: absolutely yeah being able to have some sort of interest in someone else, um, even if it's only for a few minutes, even if it's just to get this, the conversation going, you know, that's something that is a it's a positive aspect to networking and to mingling because again, you don't have to like that thing. Like if you meet somebody and they have a pet alligator and you're just hanging out and you're like, oh my God, you have an alligator. I don't personally care about alligators. I don't want one, but you have one and that's kind of interesting. So like, tell me about it. And then now my interest is peaked because you're so into it and then you can tell me about it. And now I leave with more information than what I came with. So Mm -hmm. the next time I meet someone who's got an alligator, I can be like, oh my God, I met this lady with an alligator and she said that blah, 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 blah. And I've got this whole alligator story and now we're best friends. So it's definitely helpful.
0: So you mentioned that you like to travel. Where is someone that you want to, where is somewhere that you want to travel?
1: I feel like Mexico is somewhere that I need to travel more to. It's too close to not. Um, I used to live in in San Diego and I feel the same way about Canada. Um, I feel like there's so much uncharted, almost local territory there in Canada and in Mexico, but definitely want to go to Japan. I want to spend some time there and I want to spend some time in Argentina. I know you like drinking every so often and, um, my favorite wines are from Argentina. So I've got to go and go to like Mendoza and Rioja and some other wine areas and just get crazy.
0: Yeah, I feel that. I definitely like wine, but all my wine comes from Trader Joe's. And after that, I'm not sure where it comes from. <laughs> so I feel like I need to get definitely more well-versed on wine.
1: <laughs> it's fun. It's fun and a great place to start. I mean, you're you're in DC and Virginia's not far. I mean, if you're ever down for like a an hour drive, um, there's plenty of of wineries and even less than an hour. I mean, you could probably get to like Loudoun County and some of these other counties in like 40 minutes. And there's tons of wine. Um, it's not going to be like Spanish style wines. But some of them actually might. You never know. That's kind of the fun part. But I, um, I really enjoy the wine and going to wineries and like the whole experience. It's a lot of fun.
0: Yes, I definitely feel like that's something that I have to do when it starts to warm up again, Um, especially like, yeah, especially thinking about Virginia being so close and having so many wineries and also having like so many breweries, which I'm very interested in.
1: Yeah, I didn't drink beer before Uh, when I lived when I first I started drinking. I turned 21 while I was actually living in the city. I lived in Maryland at the time I was going to Howard and I was working in Virginia at the time. I was the tri-state girl and I turned 21. It was a big deal. And I didn't really drink. I didn't, when I was at Howard, I didn't believe it or not, I didn't really drink. I wasn't getting crazy. I was dating someone who was a little bit older than me and he was too cool for school. And he only drank like Pinot Grigio, which is (laughs) by far one of my least favorite wines and for a number of reasons. But I hadn't really gotten into drinking. And so I started going to wineries with my friends and exploring. And I was like, this is so much fun. And then I moved to San Diego. When I went to San Diego, before I went, I was like, my goal is to hit 50 wineries. In Virginia before I get to Cali, and I hit I got to like forty eight, and then I dipped. Wow. Like, I hit fifty at one point, but I go to California and I'm like, yeah, let's go to winery. And all my friends are like, what winery? It's like an hour away. We're not going to a winery. And so <laughs> in California, in San Diego, if it's more than like fifteen minutes, no one wants to be bothered. So that same thing as DC. <laughs> yeah, you, you have to be like dying for someone to drive more than fifteen minutes. So. I was like, fine. Well, what are we going to do? And like, breweries. And I was like, breweries? I don't drink beer. And I'm like, well, I mean, it's kind of the thing you should come. And so I went and I eventually, I started finding beers that I actually liked. And then I became that girl, right? I was like, oh no, I want this one. And I like, you know, (laughs) a pale ale and I really like blondes and I love a Saison. And I got like, I became that person, but it was because of, you know, your climate, who you're around and accessibility, I guess. And so now I drink beer.
0: Definitely. I feel like the reason, okay, so back in college, um, good beer used to be Miller Lite because that was like a step above the party that you're going to. Um, then I started dating someone who drank like um, like craft beer, like IPAs and stuff. And ever since then, I've like really enjoyed IPAs. So it's definitely about like who you surround yourself with, I guess, getting into beer because it, it hasn't always been a thing, I feel like, you know? Yeah,
1: that's because, you know, it trends trends it's it's trendy to to make your own beer it's just like it's trendy to be gluten-free I guess I don't know it's just more common and people are into it and so the market like
0: podcasts (laughs) on that note actually um tell us about your podcast
1: so my show is called network and spill and it is definitely a personal and professional development show and I had Simone on the show recently and we had a great, great conversation. I think you were on my Stranger Danger episode. Yeah. Which was, was one of my favorite segments. So obviously the show Network and Spill, we talk about networking and we spill the tea. We have conversations. We keep it 100. And, you know, it's a great place to come for all kinds of stuff. Um, but I have a couple of different segments. One of them is called Stranger Danger. And that's where I record pretty much our first conversation with somebody who I've never met in person. If I went to Target. I wouldn't know who they were and if I saw them. And I record that first conversation so that you can see how it's kind of awkward in the beginning. And then by the end, we're like kicking our best friends. And it's been so much fun to do the show. I've had it for a little over a year. I started in October. so we're Congratulations. In, thank you. We're in it's the end of December now. But, yeah, it's been so much fun to do. I, I love having, I have solo episodes. I do, I have a segment called how did we meet, which is kind of like what you're doing, right? We talk about how we met and what that person's doing. And then I've got a segment called, um, I do a spotlight series, which is where I spotlight, um, any sort of organization or nonprofit that's doing things for marginalized communities. So I've had like Havness on there. They're based in DC. I've had, um, Uh, the Free Black Women's Library of LA and Black Girls Talk Tech. I've had a bunch of different groups and um, yeah. And then I've got The Spill, which is all about learning stuff. I try to bring like an expert on a topic. So I may have like a crazy yoga person or a super fit, I don't know, gym person who's like really into nutrition and you know I'll have all kinds of people come on and we talk about stuff I had a finance financial blogger recently and this one lady who's a career coach and she's like like senior what is she she's vp I think of global affairs or something like she's she's super high up she's amazing so I've had a bunch of different people kind of like you have on your show where it's like every person is so unique and we really get to learn about what they're doing what makes them tick and you know talk about certain hot topics
0: Yeah, these sound like a lot of great resources. How do you typically find your guests? Like, I know you mentioned like walking in Target. Have you ever walked up to someone in Target and be like, hey, do you want to be on my podcast? Or how do you go about like recruiting guests?
1: Typically, it's all online. Um, I'm normally on Instagram and I'm scrolling. So this the Stranger Danger segment. I I find people typically online via just scrolling. You know people who you know how you come across accounts. Um, I try to find people who've got something interesting about them or who seem cool. And I've had some really interesting conversations with folks. So that's how I get guests for that segment. The how did we meet segmented or people that I know? So these are people that are like, who would hit me up on Thanksgiving and say, happy Thanksgiving. Or if it were my birthday, they would call me. So these are people maybe that I have on LinkedIn, people that I have on my Facebook or in my phone. And I'm just hitting them up and I'm like, Hey, cause I've over the years, I've built quite a, a group of friends who are entrepreneurial and they have different things that they're doing, whether it's nonprofit or government or private sector or whatever. And, you know, I reach out. So, uh, I tend to find guests typically online, but then the rest of them I find in my phone on my, (laughs) my contacts list.
0: Yeah. Um, so you mentioned people calling you, um, how do you feel about like phone calls? Do you feel like, um, they can be awkward or like, how do you, do you feel like it's like a thing that people still do?
1: Like talking on the phone? Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. I would talk on the phone all the time. I love talking about, it. you know, what's interesting. <laughs> so you're like eight years younger than me, I think. So I'm mm-hmm. a little older than you, but I have a sister who's just turned 21 and she loves to FaceTime. And I have a coworker who I think is, I think he just turned 30, but like they love FaceTiming and I'm like, what? like they'll just FaceTime. And I'm like, that's so intimate to me. Yeah. That I weird. can't do it. Talking on the phone <laughs> isn't weird, but like, FaceTime it you want to right now? You don't even know what I'm doing. You don't even know what I look like, and you want to FaceTime me like that? Blows my mind. Blows my mind.
0: Um, (laughs) It's like you don't just want my voice. You want my environment. Like you want like the people that are around me. Like how do I even like? I just always have to be ready. Yeah. (laughs) Are there FaceTime hours? That's what I need to know. That's a
1: great question, and I feel like (laughs) there probably are, and it's during like business hours. But even then, it's like, girl, I'm at work. Why are you FaceTiming me? So I. I don't know. I think talking on the phone to me is something that, you know, I grew up when I was in high school. I think I had a cell phone and I had to like get a, I mean, I always had side jobs. I was like dog walker, a babysitter, a cat sitter. Like I was, I was hustling from like a very young age. Mm -hmm. And my mom was like, okay, well, if you want a phone, you better get your work on and get some coins. I was like, fine. So I started dog walking. I got my coins. I got my phone and you couldn't, (laughs) I don't know if anyone else listening remembers this, but you couldn't you couldn't use your phone like for free until after eight. Oh my god! Something
0: I do remember that, and like
1: (laughs) that was rough. So for me, talking on the phone was a privilege, and it was coveted. Like it was it was a hot, trendy thing to be able to do. And then they lowered it from I think it was nine o'clock, and then they lowered it to eight or something like that. Um, But yeah, I love. I'm a talker. Now you just
0: need Wi-Fi, which is crazy. I, I was actually on Twitter earlier today, and somebody was talking about the fact that, like, it was, you know, after nine and on weekends. And then they brought up the fact that, like, you couldn't even um, call people in a different state. Like, yeah. they, they would charge you for that. I didn't know that that fact, but I knew it was, like, after nine and on weekends, yeah.
1: Yeah, it was long is crazy. you had to have – and what happened was I moved from D.C., right, when I was in – I was going into ninth grade. So I was in eighth grade, and I moved from D.C. to Virginia. It's completely different – completely different area code. And it was a struggle. I mean, I had friends in Texas still, I had friends in New York, I had friends in DC, and I'm like, how do I keep in contact? And this is before Facebook. So I was completely SOL, right? If -hmm. you didn't, if we didn't have Facebook and social media, like, how would you get a hold of folks? You have to,
0: you have to email them. That's it, right?
1: Yeah. Calling, (laughs) email, maybe IM if you have that. Yeah. That's pretty much it. And then snail mail, right? Writing a letter. I used to write letters yeah. to my friends. And- oh,
0: man. I actually, like, I miss writing letters. I've actually, yeah. I'm like, I'm kind of like an old soul in sort of ways where it's like, I don't mind things like like going to the bank to deposit a check or th- things like that. Like little things where it's just like, you know, like you could just like take a picture of that check and like send it in. It's just like, I don't mind like just driving over there and doing it, you know.
1: Well, I have a military <laughs> bank, so we don't have branches anymore. Um, um yeah so even if i wanted to do that and be nostalgic <laughs> i guess i could roll up to bank of america and be like hey guys but i don't know if they could i don't know maybe they could do it but i i, I feel know. you some of some of the old school things are fun to do one of them i think too is the the winery like going to a winery okay. physically going you could easily go to trader joe's or wegman's and get a bottle go home on cork it chill and have a great time with your friends but there's something about physically driving into the mountains or out into the boonies where you don't get good cell phone service you could totally get you know hijacked by like some hillbilly person (laughs) or something and you know hit a deer and like have a great time i really think that the winery stuff is fun to do and it's almost nostalgic in a way because it's it's different it's not like this instant sort of pleasurable thing that that we sometimes get kind of like, I guess, going to a restaurant, you know, being able to go out instead of ordering DoorDash or, you know, getting that instant gratification. There's something to be said about that.
0: That's another thing I would like rarely ever do. I think I've ordered delivery like once in my life. (laughs) Like, Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's weird. A lot of the things that are like, that require that have taken the interaction with people out of it are things that I don't do like one thing that I talk about is like going to the movies like I always talk during the movies because it's a social environment but it's a weird place for me because it's like you're not supposed to talk in this social environment so it's like the same thing for like concerts and stuff like that
1: so did you just admit to talking
0: in the movie theater like oh yeah that's me that's completely me that's why I don't go to movies (laughs) (laughs) I literally don't go to movies because I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna talk there, and that's not socially acceptable. Oh so, like, that
1: is yes, that I talk to the TV. I will, I will say that I'm not judging. I, I have full blown <laughs> conversations with the TV. You should see me in my car. I mean, it's I'm we're talking. If someone were to pull yeah. up to me at a red light, they'd be like, "Who is this bitch talking to?" Honestly, probably no one. I'm talking to myself. I'm talking out loud. I'm having a conversation. Please don't interrupt. Mm. But Yeah, I talk at the TV. But yeah, I, I feel you. I sometimes ordering in, getting things delivered. Um, I was actually watching a, this is completely random, but I was watching a Netflix special last night. Um, I can't remember the guy's name, but he was from Crazy Rich Asians. And I think he's from The Daily Show. And he recently did a stand up on, uh, on Netflix. And, it, and he talked about like, you know, how Americans, we just order stuff and we always have it delivered. And he was talking about Amazon and he was like, you guys, you know, you can have like one, one item delivered to your house in like super fast time, just one item, just one, like one (laughs) tube of toothpaste you can have delivered. And then he's like, and now we have Amazon prime prime now, where you can have it delivered in two hours. He's like, if you want it, they will literally come to your house in two hours with one tube of toothpaste toothpaste. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you know what they should come up with? They should come up with something where they deliver it before you even think about it. (laughs) That's actually genius. Um, He's like, yeah, we need artificial intelligence to do this. And I'm like, huh. And of course we're, we're looking at it like it's totally normal, but we have become that society where everyone wants everything now and like instant. We want it. In, we hate waiting mm-hmm. for anything, whether it's food, whether it's toiletries, whether it's, you know, holidays. That's why Christmas was like the other day, and I'm buying my last Christmas gift on December 23rd. And I <laughs> go to check yeah. out, and what do I see while I'm checking out? Valentine's Day crap. And I'm like, interesting. Oh my God. We literally haven't even hit the new year and it's valentines it was like will you be mine like mugs at the register this was this was like a week ago so you know that's our society but i think to your point we've got to stay true to some of those things that we some of the small things that we still enjoy whether mm-hmm. it's going to the bank or mailing someone a letter or Going out to the wilderness to camp or something like that's mm-hmm. it's well maybe not that but. <laughs> maybe not. I'm
0: not going camping <laughs> I'm not but you guys have fun <laughs> you that's where it. I draw the line <laughs> <laughs> but um, another hill that I will die on is um, the the hill that you're talking about where it's like let us appreciate this holiday before we move on to the next one especially um, between October and December and people are trying to like skip over Thanksgiving and start playing all I want for Christmas on november 1st no you have to wait till the friday after thanksgiving that is the first acceptable day 12 o'clock midnight is the first acceptable day for you to play all i want for christmas and that is the one hill that i will die on
1: i mean i feel you i just as a as an adult i've learned how trash a lot of these holidays are um (laughs) when i started learning about like thanksgiving for real for real i was very disappointed when yeah. I started learning about the real history of the pilgrims, I was like, "Wow, my whole life is a lie!" Like what we were taught in school is complete garbage. So when you look at like the history, I feel like at one at some point we're not going to celebrate things the way that we do now. I think our kids or our kids' kids will not celebrate traditional Thanksgiving or Columbus Day. Right? Mm-hmm. Columbus Day is already on its way out, um, and that's yeah, you know definitely. a big holiday here. And even you know some of these other smaller holidays whether it's flag day or earth day or president's day i think we're going to tweak a lot of them and i feel like we probably should i'm really looking forward to that to to switching some of these because i feel so guilty now as a grown-up celebrating thanksgiving i'm like yeah i i
0: actually like that idea thinking about that because if we get to where the truth is, then we can start celebrating the holiday for a different reason. Mm. And it's honestly a better holiday once we change it to that reason. Like if we change Columbus day to indigenous people's day, then we get to learn about the indigenous people of America. And then that's a lot better holiday than some guy who quote unquote discovered
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, America. Exactly. You know, And did all these horrible things. <laughs> Um, Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about just, you know, Americans in general shifting what we teach in the schools so that we're learning better history. I know you're in the nation's capital, but some of your listeners may not be. And if they ever get the chance, which I totally recommend doing, going to the National African American History and Cultural Museum or whatever is like the acronym fits. Stands for. Yeah, it's a lot. It's of like N A A C H M C P. It's one of the best museums I've ever been to in my entire life, and I'm yes. not saying that as a biased black person who loves mm-hmm. art. I promise you, I've been to the Native American museum. I've been to the Spy Museum. Actually, I have, I'm lying about that. They just moved the Spy Museum, by the way, and they need to go to the new one. But I've been to so many, like almost all the museums in the city, and it's just an incredible place. But as I walk through it, I'm like, wow, I I didn't know that, or I didn't know the significance of that, or I didn't know that Mm -hmm. this happened for so long, or I I, I was... I still haven't gotten past 1970s because it starts It starts in what, like the 1500s or 1300s or something? Yeah, like whatever. at the beginning. Yeah, and then it goes up and you go through and you hit the 1900s and the 1920s and the 1930s and 40s, 50s and 60s. I haven't gotten past the 70s. Um, I know there's, there's the Obamas and Oprah and Shaquille O'Neal. There's a bunch of people in there, but I still, and I've been like two or three times, but you've got to go to wow. that museum. And the more we learn about our own history about the country's history about other people's history the more privy we are to just life in general things start to i think make a lot more sense so i'm excited about all of that all of the holidays changing and we need more holidays we need more breaks we need more paid time off i mean come on come on we need to talk to our people
0: Um, but what is um, your favorite history fact that you've learned?
1: My favorite history fact that I've learned. I mean, I don't, I don't know about a fact offhand, but I can tell you that going through that African American Art Museum, you feel so proud of mm-hmm. the fact that you know this group of people this huge group of people has managed to be so resilient over such a long period of time over such great atrocities over yeah. and over and over i mean every 5 seconds it was something else that these people were being you know up they were up against that they were being tortured with dealing with i mean all of the I mean, the lynchings, all of this, it was insane. And it was one thing back to back to back to back. And the resiliency and the beauty that still comes from this group of people to me is is very profound. I don't think I've seen that in any other um, museum per se. Um, and to me, it was, that was really powerful. And also there's a podcast, if you guys are, if you guys haven't heard it called White Lies, and that's a pretty interesting mm-hmm. podcast and also 1619 were two kind of historically based podcast shows that talked about uh, different parts of history, but were really eye-opening. And there's one episode of 1619 where they talk about music and the history of music in America and how back in the day, um, there were white folks who heard a lot of the slaves singing and doing things, um, and they stole a lot of the music and It was very interesting. I really recommend it. I want to say it was like the fourth episode of 1619. It's the music one. Check it out. That blew my mind. But again- History
0: repeats itself. That that, that has proved that. Oh,
1: yeah. Well, no, but there's a history of them doing it. And so Mm -hmm. it repeats itself every year, every decade, every genre. I mean, the way that they've um, finessed a lot of the- the singing and, and the music and even the sounds over time. I mean, he speaks to a lot of that. So I, I recommend I recommend that episode. That that kind of blew my mind.
0: Okay. I'll have to check that out. Um, I definitely I listen to like basically like two podcasts right now. And I think that they're both on break for the rest of the year. So I definitely need some more podcasts to listen to. So I will check those out. <laughs>
1: Yeah, 1619 was an homage to uh, the year that I think they brought the slaves to the United States. And it marked the 400th anniversary
0: of that. Oh, So, so what I just learned is that um, apparently this was like marketed as the year of return. And um, so for Ghana specifically, they were marketing as like since it's been 400 years since um, the slaves were taken from Africa. Mm-hmm. or I guess the people were taken from Africa to become slaves. Um. They, like, had this, like, marketing thing of, like, the year of return where everybody, like, kind of, like, returns to the homeland and, like, sees, like, you know, I guess, like, most of the slaves were taken from um Nigeria and Ghana. So they, like, kind of, like, marketed that. And, like, a lot of people have gone over there to, like, I guess, like, see the motherland and everything. So that was an interesting fact I learned recently.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it was really cool that the – new I think it was New York Times. Um, i pretty sure it was the New York Times that did that whole podcast. They sponsored – Or they got sponsorships, et cetera, to to do that, um, that whole thing. And so they have one episode that's about music, they have one that's about um, healthcare in the United States and how healthcare didn't pretty much exist or didn't exist for Black people for a prolonged period of time, which is why a lot of older wow. Black folks don't really like to go to the doctor because they weren't treated well. And just the history was so, so interesting. And you're like, wow, now things are starting to make sense. Um, there's an episode about mm-hmm. this one particular family out in Louisiana that had this whole issue with land and... Um, making cotton and sugar and the, the mills and all of that. And just the wars that people started around land and just the horrible things that white people were doing to some of these black families that owned the land and were rightfully doing work. So you learn a lot about, you know, history. So I got really into, um, history based podcasts. My, my podcast list has grown from just like kind of personal development stuff. I listen to a lot of true crime, which is so weird for me, but I enjoy it. And now also history ones.
0: Cool. Yeah, I definitely feel like I need to expand. I listen to mostly like, well, my favorite podcast right now was like The Read and then this other podcast called So Shameless. And they're very like kind of like conversational, very relaxed podcasts. And um, I started out like when listening to podcasts, like with like, um, things that are like produced by NPR and like Freakonomics and everything and then fell into like oh wow like the other side of podcasting which is just like um i guess like the black side of podcasting which is like obviously the educational side but more so like the entertainment side instead of just like NPR I guess
1: yeah i have that listened makes to, sense. like any NPR really wow. i i avoid NP- I, I just I think it's way too cognizant for me. Um, I know people like it because it's informative, but, like, my voice is just not there, so I don't listen to it. Mm-hmm. But there is a lot of... What I like about the true crime stuff is that... And even, like, some of the, um, the other shows that... Like, White Lies. White Lies was done... And same with... um Up and Vanished. Up and Vanished and White Lies were two of the shows that showed me that podcasting can be more than just conversations and interviews Mm -hmm. because these folks really, I mean, it was like you're pretty much watching a movie or a documentary, but without the visual. So you hear people walking, you hear the door open, you hear the door close, and the jingle of the keys, and then you hear like the person on the phone, right? And it was mm-hmm. so cool; it was like a different level of podcasting. And I'm like, "This is <laughs> this is ballers! How how long does it take them to do this?" And so then I started yeah. growing this affection for and appreciation for people who do these shows that kind of take it to the next level. But I agree; I, it's nice to have. I think just like with TV shows, it's nice to have a good random mix of crap that you listen to because yeah I'm gonna watch Grey's Anatomy one week and then the next I might watch Greenleaf or Queen Sugar and then the next I might watch Shameless or something real ratchet and then I'll go Mm -hmm. back to this is us and cry for a week you know what I mean like you've gotta you gotta have a (laughs) diversify
0: your interests. (laughs) yeah I feel that so what's your favorite part about podcasting
1: the first thing that comes to mind is I get to be in control, but I also, <laughs> which sounds bad, but I don't know. I just, I like having and sort of producing the show and then seeing how it grows. So when I started off, I actually had a show called The Bougie Chronicles. That was my first show, and it was very Whitney based. I talked about my own things. And I had episodes that I would talk about certain topics, but then I started interviewing and I'm like, no, this is actually not that bad. Like I don't mind interviewing. And so then I started interviewing and I'm like, well, wait, I want to do this. I want to do that. And it was just like, it's been such a journey and it's the one thing I have been able to do consistently every single week, pretty much minus the week of Thanksgiving and whatever. But like, I'm putting out episodes. I mean, this is, I don't think I've ever been as consistent with anything else as I've been with this show.
0: I completely agree. I literally completely agree. (laughs) I'm surprised that like I have been this consistent because I call myself the hobbyist where I will start a hobby Um, figure out how it works and then it's like okay I figured out how that works put that down let me pick something else up or like my mind just like gets distracted by like the next thing that's going on or like you know just you get too busy to continue that hobby but I've been very like proud of myself and also like congratulations to you for like staying consistent and I truly know how hard it is because I press it also so
1: (laughs) yeah no same to you it's it's podcasting is not easy I saw a tweet recently that was like R.I.P. to all the podcasts that that started and then thought the shit was going to be easy. Dot, dot, dot. It's, <laughs> it's really not. And people think that it is is. They're like, oh, you're just, you know, recording and like, you know, you get some people and you talk about stuff. It's fine. And I'm like, no, girl, this is work. It is a part time job to a full time job if, if we include marketing. Right. Because mm-hmm. it's not just enough to have a show. You have to market it. That's how people find you. And then it takes years. Right. The read. It yeah. was out for a brick before they started getting popular and before they got this HBO. It's been out for and, seven years. Honestly, <laughs> right? We just found out about The Read like maybe three years ago, most of us. Mm-hmm. So and yeah. some people are still finding out about The Read. So it, it's been a journey. It is a journey. And it takes a lot of discipline because you're planning episodes. You're coordinating guests if you're doing that. And if you have a co-host, you have to deal with their schedule. Then you've got to schedule things, get it done, get it edited, get it published, do show notes, right? Market, make people, um, engage and keep them. It's, it's a real, it's a real working relationship and it's a real job. Um, but I love every minute of it.
0: It's three or four jobs, honestly, because I was like thinking about this the other day where podcasting, it's like not only do you have to like interview people, but you have to be like an assistant, like you were saying, with scheduling interviews, maybe a graphic designer. If you're creating your own social media content, Um, I forgot what the third thing that I said was, but it's like an audio engineer, technically. Mm -hmm. Um, on a very basic level of just like at least like recording your own episodes and then editing them and then, you know, like getting them ready to be um, consumed.
1: Yep. Yep. And then you've got to market. So You've got to be a yeah. good social media. You have to know algorithms and you have to understand hashtags and being yes. able to um, market it effectively. Right. Patreon. A lot of people are doing Patreon now and it's like, OK, but you've got to figure out how to run it, how to how to level it out, what level you're going to do. And it's um. If you want to add YouTube, so a lot of shows are adding YouTube to their shows now. And it's like, mm-hmm. OK, so great. Now I've got to videotape myself podcasting. OK, so now we've gone from a radio show to now a radio show and a TV show. Who's going to edit and add subtitles and graphic? I mean, exactly. it's, honestly, we could talk about it for a while. It's, it's, it's a lot of work, but it's worth yeah. it. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I want to um, switch the topic to you. And um, how would you describe yourself to someone that does not know you?
1: I would say, just you know, from a personality perspective, um, definitely pretty outgoing, very inquisitive. Um, I try to be very kind and compassionate, and open-minded for the most part. Even though I do t- tend to err on the side of pro-black and pro-women, so um, kind of, I don't know if I want to call myself black feminist or not, but because I have a hard time with the word feminist, but I'm definitely somebody who is um, active and an activist on that side of of I guess the demographic picture. And yeah, I mean, I like a lot of different things, a lot of different things, and I've been a lot of places, and I have a lot more places that I'm I'm trying to go. So,
0: cool. Where are those places that you're trying to go?
1: I mentioned most of them already, but mm-hmm. I feel like there are a lot of places that I don't know yet that I do want to go. I feel like I've got, As far as like travel? Yeah. I mean, I feel uh, like the in the US, the only place I probably haven't been that I want to go is maybe Portland. Um, I got to hit Seattle recently. I love New York, obviously Miami. Oh, and I haven't been to Vegas. <laughs> sad (laughs) face. I used to live like four hours away via driving and two hour 90 minute flight. I still haven't been. So Vegas and Portland are the two places in the US I probably want to hit. And then obviously I mentioned Canada and Mexico, but I feel like there's a lot of small islands and just like random places I would love to go that I haven't even heard of yet, or I haven't even really looked at yet. So.
0: So how do you think that you've um, Grown as you've gotten older, um, what's the thing that has changed about you the most?
1: I would say my tolerance. Um, and I would say that <laughs> in kind of almost a a weird sort of backwards way, because I feel like I've become more tolerant in some areas that I wasn't maybe tolerant in before, and I've become way less tolerant in other areas that I was too tolerant in before. So I think I've been able to level set a little bit more. Um, I also, for instance, let me give an example, because that may not make sense. So when I say tolerant, I mean, I'm way less tolerant of things that are unjust, that are unfair, that are unreasonable, that are inappropriate. And I'm way more tolerant towards people who maybe don't have the same background or don't have the same upbringing or breadth of information in their brain or in their experience, Mm -hmm. in their universe. I've become way more tolerant to that. Now, when it comes to just in general, I would say being able to, to travel and, and to join different groups of people and just, like, acquiesce has been something I've honed. That's a skill I've honed for a long time. So I've gotten pretty good at that. I, I really enjoy, like, people reading and being able to um, just being able to finesse my way through situations and just have a good time with just about anybody um, that's definitely a skill I've grown to learn to to use to my advantage um, mm-hmm. because I want to have a good time, right? I always say this. I'm here for a good time, not a long time. And I, I think a lot of- We have a lot in common. <laughs> a lot of us, especially women, I think we get caught up in what people think about us and what other women think about us and what we think about ourselves. And we spend too much time doing that and not enough time enjoying ourselves. So that's mm-hmm. something I've prioritized
0: where so my um instagram profile my bio is someone once described me as a person that's very invested in having a good time so let's go with that
1: <laughs> yeah I mean honestly life is too short at this point to not have a good time I think when you turn on the news and when you turn on what's going on around you it's it, it can get very dismal and depressing and you know we have to kind of <laughs> rise against that and, and take life by the horns as we can. Um, and as often as we can. So I kind of, I've learned to respect that a little bit more and respect myself in the process as well.
0: Word. Um, so where do you focus your activism?
1: Um, I focus my activism mainly with black women. Um, and then with women in general, um, and where I feel like it needs to go. I'm a big advocate of a lot of the folks in the LGBTQA community, just because I feel like that's important. And I'm in that community a lot when I'm just in my life. When I was in San Diego, I got really involved and was hanging out Mm -hmm. in a lot of different areas where predominantly LGBTQ folks. And I started to learn what it was like for them and what their experiences were like and what some of the things they were struggling were. And so I became an advocate for them and a voice for Mm -hmm. those who maybe don't have a voice in that moment or they don't have a voice yet they feel or whatever. Um, And so I do a lot of activist stuff in that respect, but those are black women are my top priority. And then it's women and then it's, you know, LGBTQ folks and then it's maybe black men and then you know there's there's like a tier right but
0: uh, get that i have um a theory about like i guess marginalization where um someone who's twice marginalized being black and a woman is better able to understand other marginal, like people who are further marginalized than they are than people who are once marginalized where it's like i only have one thing that's keeping me i guess basically from being a white male mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it's not really that we're trying to compare atrocities. It's more so that, you know, our daily experiences are going to be skewed that much more because of that. And some of the things, right, you can hide or mask, right? Like if you're, um, I don't know, if you're white and you're male and you happen to be gay, you may may be able to pass. Like they they call it passing. Are you passing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. and the same with you know anyone else who's got um, a sexual orientation that is not quote unquote mainstream. So you, you, we all have different battles. We all are struggling with something. That's a fact, regardless of what color, what denomination, what race. It doesn't matter. We're all absolutely struggling, and that's very, very evident by the news. If you do listen to NPR or if you do watch CNN or any other news show, you will you will easily see the the struggles of most. Of the people that are walking this planet. Um, However, there's a lot of people that I like to try to lift up on my social media pages and um, through my podcast show and just, and how I function and the clothes that I buy and stuff like that.
0: Cool. Um, Since we're recording this on a Friday night, um, what's your ideal Friday night? Usually I say Saturday night, um, but let's go with Friday.
1: Well, Friday nights are normally my fun night. This is my first Friday night in in a while. Um, And it's because I worked from home today, which I typically don't do. But um, I work in Reston, so I spend a lot of my time there. And so Friday nights for me are normally hanging out. So we have this really expensive massage chair at my office. And so I made it this thing where on Fridays I get in that chair and I do like 30 minutes, however much time I have in that chair, just like relaxing, living my best life in that chair and then we proceed to go around the corner to the rest in town center and we go to barcelona or some restaurant and we drink we have a good time eat some good food listen to music and we leave whenever we feel like it and there's no strings attached to that night Um, so that's kind of my that's been my friday mo for the past few months
0: <laughs> my Fridays have changed a lot in the past two years. <laughs> um, the typical Friday is me at the gym and then grocery shopping. So
1: nice,
0: yeah. Um, so I guess we can wrap this up now. Um, the last question that I have for you is: Do you have any questions for me?
1: Mm. It's a tough question because I've had you on my show and I got to ask oh, you. Oh yeah, you have so many. Questions. I got <laughs> to ask you. A, I learned quite a bit. Um, I learned quite a bit, but I will, I will ask you this. I know we talked a lot about goals and podcast stuff and stuff that we're looking at doing, but for 2020, I mean, if it were Mm -hmm. December 29th, right. Of 2020, what would you want to say that you accomplished that you weren't really sure if you were going to be able to do. You were kind of nervous. You were like, I don't know. It's kind of crazy. But like, what would be your best recap for 2020?
0: So let's see. Um, I have a lot of new things that I want to do with the podcast in the coming year. Um, two of them are, um, doing panel episodes and also doing follow-up, follow-up episodes with guests that I've had on the podcast previously. So right now I'm planning to do at least one panel. Well, at most, I mean, like I'm planning (laughs) to do one panel per month and then two follow-ups per month, like, uh, maybe more than that, just depending on like the interest of the guests that I've already had on the show. And so if I could successfully say that I've done that, um, then that would be amazing. Um, also just like, I guess, growing the following, um, promoting Mm -hmm. more, I want to upgrade the, um, the logo and, um, the sound Mm -hmm. bites that I put on Instagram and just like other, I guess, like kind of like tweaking things, but the two major things are just like, um, these two new elements that I want to add to the podcast.
1: Sweet. Sweet. I'm, I'm looking forward to the panels for sure and the recaps because I've heard some really great conversations. Um,
0: yeah. I'm very excited. <laughs> yeah, and the logo. All First panel is nice. coming up in January, so <laughs> we'll see how it goes. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, any other questions? Mm,
1: are you a pet person?
0: Kind of. <laughs> kind of. I feel like I want to get a dog, I might need another year just, like, alone, kind of, like, doing my own thing first, but I definitely, if I was going to get a pet, it would either be, it would be a dog right now. Um, I really want a couple otters for some reason, like, an otter, I don't know, it's just, like, some weird fantasy I have when, like, I make, like, my dream house, I want to have, like, an otter pond and, like, have otters, so other, like, those two, and other than that, like, I'm not really into, like animals that
1: much oh my god why otters
0: (laughs) I don't know I just find them like so cute and like every time I see a picture on Twitter I just have to like retweet it and just you know like wish that I can have two one day because I heard that they like you know they couple up um so they're like very monogamous creatures so they couple up and then like they're together forever so they like to like hold on to each other and like sleep and stuff so I want to get a couple but like yeah Um, I don't know I don't
1: know how many tweets are you seeing with I don't think I've ever seen
0: Are you following like otter
1: pages on Twitter?
0: Crazy enough, I don't. (laughs) People just people, other people love otters too. I don't know.
1: (laughs) I'm following the wrong people. Clearly,
0: (laughs) I mean it's a lot of you know cats and dogs, but there's the occasional otter, and I appreciate it every time. Wow,
1: no, that's hilarious, and I'm really glad that I asked. (laughs) Um, Okay, Um, you know, I, I will say, just rewinding back a little bit, you know, you. When I first connected with you on Instagram, I was, you know, just looking for locals to see what people were doing in the scenes. That way, I was connected. I wanna, I wanna feel connected, um, and, and that's important to me. in whatever I'm doing, whether it's blogging, vlogging, podcasting, doesn't matter. Social media, and you are super, super mature. And (laughs) level-headed, and I find that to be so cool and refreshing, and I think it's a great personality trait and just part of your personality that you have, that you're able to calmly go about things. Like, you're not super erratic or somebody who, like, jumps. Even though you're a hobbyist, you're not an erratic sort of shiny syndrome Right, it's shiny object syndrome mm-hmm. hobbyists, which I think is really, really, really important to differentiate, because a lot of us want to do things because it's trendy or because it's cute or because it's fun or because we think it'll get us somewhere. But you've definitely yeah. like taken your time and you've honed in on this and you're getting better and you're doing things. And I think that's really important to to say. And um, I'm really excited to see what you're going to be doing at the end of 2020. So we've got to stay well, thank in touch. you very much. <laughs>
0: definitely definitely um and i really appreciate those appreciate those words um yeah it's been a long year but i'm really happy to like you know have stuck with this so i really do appreciate that absolutely um so any other questions just making sure
1: No, I mean, I I would like to just encourage the audience, you know, if you've been listening to Simone's show for a while, one of the ways that you can express your gratitude, and this is for any show that you listen to, definitely go into Apple Podcasts and, and write a review talk about your favorite episode. Give us like Mm -hmm. feedback. If you like this episode, talk about this episode in the, in the actual, you can like write a little blurb. And if you're not somebody Mm -hmm. who has an iPhone, then like take someone's iPhone (laughs) and go into the purple app. Most everybody has, even people who think they don't have it have the podcast app because it's one of those like annoying apps that downloads automatically when you get the phone. So go into the podcast app, just search for the show and give it a review. And that means, it means a lot to the show. And I think it's fun to see what you've taken, right? If you're listening to this at the start of the year, you know, thinking back or just think about it for 2020. If you're listening in 2020 and say, I'm going to write a review. I want it to be about, you know, an episode that really moved me and listen for that episode. And if you listen to 1619 or White Lies or Up and Vanished or Network and Spill or Modern Love or any other show, the read, definitely drop that love in the in the review section. It really does it really does make a difference. And it encourages us podcasters to keep to keep coming <laughs> Cause this shit is not yeah. easy. And sometimes I just want to throw my this before we recorded, I almost threw my laptop. And this is a brand new <laughs> laptop. I've got brand new headphones I just got from Santa and I was like, this isn't working. And I wanted to throw, I mean, it's hard out here. It
0: is. Yeah. We have to, you know, it's always, there's always a problem that we need to solve. So. Crazy.
1: I'm like a tech uh, yeah. person. And I'm like, I don't, you know, I'm in tech, so I'm more patient and I'm like, okay, let's try this. Okay. Let's try that. Okay. Let's reboot. Right. But then like after 40 minutes of trying to troubleshoot, you literally become violent. Um, and the last thing we want to do is, is, is throw the laptop or the microphone. But yeah, I think, in in the moments when people hear the episodes and get something from it even if they learn something random from someone's conversation then it's fun right it's fun to it's fun to have that experience for sure so we appreciate it
0: Yeah. And I definitely appreciate you saying that because one thing I have never done is, you know, ask people to review or give, well, I guess like, you know, I asked you like, if you have any, you know, anything that you want to send to me, send them to the, you know, podcast email. But one thing I've never mentioned is Apple reviews. So like, if you guys like this show, please do that. (laughs) And, um, do you have any social media that you want to share?
1: Yeah, it's, um, so I'm on Instagram under at Whitney Danielle coaching. And my podcast has an IG as well at Network and Spill. And, um, yeah, I'm on Twitter. I think my Twitter, I don't know what my Twitter is. I think it's, hold on. Cause I've changed it. It used to be Whitney DC life. <laughs> um, but now because I realized you could change your username, which believe it or not, I didn't know at first. Um, and now it's Whitney underscore DC, DC, like the city. Um, and yeah, I'm on Facebook <laughs> under Whitney Danielle co I think, but, um, I'm really loving Pinterest right now. I think my Pinterest is Whitney Danielle Coaching. If you're somebody who lives on Pinterest, you should definitely follow me because my Pinterest is pretty fire. I've spent a long time on it.
0: Yeah, um, I've heard <laughs> the stories. It's also a lot of
1: work, but it's fine. Uh, I think I actually probably spend no. I think I spend pr- almost the same amount of time on my Pinterest as I do my podcast show. Believe it or not, every month
0: wow. I spend. It's very well curated. Yeah, from what I've I spend
1: heard, I has a lot of time. Yeah, I- so much time. So much time. But yeah, definitely add me on social media and let me know um, if you resonated with anything, if you're a military brat, or if you love wine or beer, or you lived in San Diego, or any commonalities that we have. Definitely reach
0: out. Cool. Um, do you have any projects that you're working on that you want to mention?
1: Well, the show's got big things coming. I'm definitely going to be doing more with the show Network and Spill for 2020. And I'll be speaking, hopefully, on some stages in um, some cool places for 2020, working on my speaking media kit or whatever it's called. Um, and yeah, just programs. I do a lot of coaching and, and consulting on a personal development side. So it's definitely not like life coaching, but it's it falls under the umbrella, I guess, because it's more strategy, mm-hmm. like personal success strategy. Um, it does a lot of like, I don't know, like confidence building and also just organization and prioritization of your personal Goals. Um, I'm very like a pusher when it comes to stuff like that. I push people and (laughs) it's so much fun. And I realized that that was something that people could pay me for, as well as like the community piece, like being able to help women who struggle with. Community, and maybe they're a loner, maybe they're an introvert, maybe they're somebody who was like taught to keep their head down and mind their own business. And now they're realizing that while they're trying to create their business, they're lonely as hell and they don't have the friends that they want because their friends are all on the gram getting married and having three kids at the same time, and their lives are totally different. Um, yeah. So, how do you do that? How do you have friends as a grown up who's single and who's trying to mingle and also make? moves like make money real money moves and so I really like supporting those women through that and helping them build a life that they really 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 appreciate and mm-hmm. you know can hold on to really really tight because they love it so much so that's kind of my jam and that's what I'll be
0: working that's on also awesome. <laughs> and travel Great. hit her up <laughs> okay yeah and uh last thing I want to say is definitely check out my episode with Whitney um I'm not sure what the episode number is, but, um, I guess you can just search and like, you'll see my name on the list eventually. Um, so yeah, check out Whitney's podcast and also hit her up for any life. Well, not necessarily life coaching needs, but any, um, what do you call it? I guess.
1: Well, it's like strategy. If you need just, or you just want to talk about stuff. I mean, there's a lot
0: of consulting. Yeah.
1: Like there's a lot of stuff. Hold on. I'm going to find the podcast episode because it was, um, okay. it was in November that we did the episode yeah. and, um, so if you go to networkinspill.com and, and you scroll, you'll find it there. Um, cause it wasn't that far ago, right? It was in November, December. And then, um, yeah. you can also go into Apple podcasts. You can go into Spotify and all the episodes are kind of organized, um, that way. But what's really important about the episode that we did is that it, it was the yeah, it's episode. Oh, I don't have a number on here. I don't really do episode numbers, but it was called, um, yeah, with DC podcaster Simone from Nice to Meet You podcast. So that's kind of what I put out there. Um, But if you go on to networkinsville.com and all of that, it's episode 113. Um, But yeah, it's all over. It's all
0: over the interwebs. Um, Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: So... Check me out on there. Um, Thank you so much for, first of all, your patience. And then also (laughs) just being here and um, doing this episode with me. Absolutely. It's been a great conversation. Thanks for having me. Of course. (laughs) And um, if you guys would like to follow the podcast, you can do that. At ntmy podcast on Twitter and Instagram. If you would like to subscribe to the podcast, you can do that on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, suggestions, or just something that you want to share, then you can send those emails to ntmypodcast at gmail.com. And like Whitney said, rate us. <laughs> so see you guys next time.